Boom, 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 boom. Seven shots sent new waves of protests and calls for change in motion. Details still coming out. A man is in the ICU and a community is hurting. What can we do? Kenosha, Wisconsin, not where you would expect large-scale protests for racial justice, but over the weekend that changed. Jacob Blake, a black man, was shot seven times in the back by police. Just today, after Trayford Polarin of Lafayette, Louisiana, was shot ten times. Protests and demonstrations immediately followed, some turning violent. Once again, we're witnessing a need to listen. Kenosha is grieving. Lafayette is grieving. How about us? Put the politics aside. Consider the grief of losing a loved one at the hands of law enforcement. Now's not the time to debate. Now's the time to weep with those who weep. The Lord weeps over death, and we long for the day when he'll return to wipe away every tear. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story here on our second day in a series this week called Come Quickly, Lord. Life is hard this side of eternity. That's not news for us plodding through 2020 and a COVID-19 summer, but thankfully, there is good news in Jesus Christ. This week, we're turning to his revelation that comes at the end of the Bible in an aptly titled book, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Did you know it's the one book of the Bible that comes with the promise for reading it? John writes in his very first chapter, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And Karen Heimbuck, a friend of mine, was inspired with a great idea as she continued reading the verse. The Lord put it on my heart to memorize the book of Revelation. And so I thought, maybe I could be a voice that could uh, tell the story of the book of Revelation. There's a guarantee of blessing here just for reading the book for hearing it and for obeying what you do understand. That's Karen Heimbuck from Church on the Way in Los Angeles, who will be joining us again in a moment. She'll be sharing about her dramatic reading of the Revelation. She has it memorized, the entire book. And it was set to a musical score by the London Symphony Orchestra at the Abbey Road Studios. The Revelation is a compelling, unforgettable worship experience. And it's brought to life in a powerful two-CD set. So as you listen to God's Word spoken aloud, I have confidence, based on God's Word, that you will be blessed. After the program, I'd like to send you the two-CD set of the Revelation for your minimum gift to this listener-supported ministry. It was an expensive production. It costs us more to send it to you, so would you be as generous as you can But call us after the program at 800-654-2836, 800-654-2836. Or take a moment and go to our website, listen to some excerpts from the Revelation with Karen Heimbach, watch the videos, and then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. That's one word, haventoday.org. And just before we hear our first song, I want to remind you, we still have copies of the book called Spurgeon's Sorrows, Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression. 
If you or someone you know is struggling with anxiety or depression right now, this book will show them how even the great preacher Charles Spurgeon struggled with melancholy, as he called it, but found his hope in Christ alone. Now, starting our program, here's Audrey Assad. Are you ready for it? An ancient hymn set to modern music, Holy, Holy, Holy. I think I've said it before on the program. I believe that is the oldest hymn I can remember sung when I was just a little child. But it's also one of the oldest hymns of the Christian faith sung for us by Audrey Assad. Holy, holy, holy. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today. And yesterday, we had Karen Heimbach on the program. We had her talking about her orchestrated recitation of the Revelation. This week, we're doing this series, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what the book title is out of the Greek. And in just a moment, I want you to think about how to get the most out of this book, 
and what it's all really about. But first, let's go back to Karen. Let's listen to how she was led by the Lord to memorize the book of Revelation. The Lord put it on my heart to memorize the book of Revelation. I was going through the scriptures as we all do, you know, for our daily devotions. And I, the portion of Scripture I was reading that day, was I was starting with the book of Revelation. And even though I'd studied it in Bible college, I was reminded yet again, you just get down to the third verse of the first chapter, and it says, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. I thought, well, I know how to do that. And then it says, Blessed are those who hear it. And take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. And I thought, well, goodness, a lot of people are not hearing it because they're fearful of the book. They're afraid they're not either not smart enough or it's too much about doom and gloom instead about praise and worship of Jesus. And so um, I thought, wow. Uh, and I always love the dramatic, you know, it's so in me. I thought, oh, this could be great. I mean, what gets any bigger, nothing's any bigger than the book of Revelation. I mean, the end of one world and the beginning of the next, where this earthly life meets, you know, eternity, and where Jesus is seen by all as the conquering king. And so I thought, oh, this this would be, this is where the blessing is. There's a guarantee of blessing here just for reading the book, for hearing it, and for obeying what you do understand. And so I thought, maybe I could be a voice that could uh, tell the story of the book of Revelation. And he, when he put that desire in my heart, it was for the whole book. And uh, also, when you're memorizing any portion of Scripture, but especially a whole book, you get an idea of the heart of God behind that book and why he wanted uh, his, his people to write these things down, you know. And so it's so important. You know, Jesus said, it is written, and you have to know what is written <laughs> before you can engage it, you know, put it in, put it into pra- practice, or that is to say, put it into gear and get going, you know, with what, what the, where the Word will take you. That's my friend, Karen Heimbach. I have to agree with her. Is there anything bigger than Revelation? All Scripture is special, of course, in its own way, but there's something majestically special about the book of Revelation. There's the big picture taking you literally through John's vision into the very throne room of heaven, showing Jesus' victory and reign. And maybe in all of our confusion about the book of Revelation, we've skimmed past those very first words too quickly. This book, The Revelation of Jesus Christ, literally into English, is all about Jesus. That should encourage us to read all the book. All of Scripture reveals Jesus in some way, but this book says right up front that it's a revelation of the Redeemer, our Savior. There's another thing we miss, maybe, in our misgivings about what to do with, well, I'll call it what it is, the wild imagery in Revelation. Beasts and lampstands, swords coming out of the mouth of Christ, Seems almost impossible to understand, doesn't it? As if the whole point were to be obscure and irrelevant, but nothing could be further from the truth. Think about that title, The Revelation. It's meant to reveal. Sounds simple, but we miss the main point too often. However daunting this book may seem when you read it, and if you haven't read it, you should read it, there's this unique imagery 
and all the disagreements over how to interpret the book. And at the end of the day, you can get excited about reading Revelation. I have been. There's a blessing promised just for listening to it. You'll hear this over and over in the next few days, but we need to hear it. Revelation 1.3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what's written in it, because the time is near. Because of that, I want us to be blessed together. You ready for a blessing? Right now, today, by listening to God's word from Revelation? After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. in white robes. Who are they? Where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will spread His tent over them. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb, at the center of the throne, will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. What a picture. Revelation 7, 9 to 17. People from all over the globe worshiping the Lamb on the throne. That's from Karen Heimbuck's The Revelation. Stay with me, and I'll tell you how you can get a copy of this stirring production. Did you notice how, as you listened, you could picture the scene in your mind's eye? That's part of the genius of Revelation. Most books in the Bible are meant to be read, but Revelation is different. It's meant to be heard. It's the account of a vision John received from his Savior. It's a book meant to be seen. Revelation 1.11, John hears this voice blaring like a loud trumpet telling him, write in a scroll what you see. Sometimes it's hard to see what John saw unless you can hear it aloud. Close your eyes. Immerse yourself in the colorful, intense, rich imagery of the book. One scholar calls it a sound film. When you hear it read, the curtain is raised and an amazing drama begins, showing the true nature of the church of Jesus, his enemies, but also the Savior. Symbolism that seems paradoxical, like in Revelation 5, 5 and 6, the conquering lion of Judah is the lamb who was slain. 
A lion who is also a lamb? A slain conqueror? It makes you think. But as you meditate on the truth, it takes you deeper into the glories of Jesus and his completed work for us. But before approaching the book as something to be seen and heard more than read, there's another thing that helps us understand the book, and it's the backdrop of the Old Testament. Revelation only makes sense in light of what was written by the prophets, and that's where many of these symbols come from. Revelation 11 draws from Zechariah 4. Revelation 13 has imagery from Daniel 7, when Revelation 20, verse 2, talks about the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan. It takes you back to Genesis 3. So if you want to really understand the end of the Bible, you have to spend time in the beginning of the Bible, in the Old Testament, like the finishing touch on Scripture. God weaves the pages of his book to the end of his story. One final thing to encourage you, as you listen and see in your mind's eye the revelation, It is certainly about the future, but it's not meant to lead us into dangerous speculation on when things will happen or how current events are somehow conspiring to usher in the return of Jesus. Don't get into setting dates, but do remember this. We tend to think of Revelation as only a book about the future, and it is a book about the future, but that's not all that it says about itself. People debate over references to time in the book. A thousand years, time, times, half a time, and on you go. But there's one time reference that speaks for itself, and it's there in Revelation 1.1. God's word, not man's word. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon, soon take place. What must soon take place comes up again in chapter 1, verse 3, and in chapter 22, verse 10. What does it mean? It means, however, we interpret some of the more complicated details of Revelation. One thing is certain. One thing is true. John received this vision for the encouragement of God's people then and for you and me now to bring us hope in the midst of troubles, in the midst of problems we face. It's a book for the church, under attack. And if you know Jesus, you know we're under attack. John calls himself our brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance we have in Jesus. That's Revelation 1.9. As Christians, we face tribulations in this world, but we serve the lamb who was slain, the lion who has conquered. Paradox, yes. True, yes. Over the kitchen island where I live, we have a sign with just one word written on it already. And it's a daily reminder for my wife and for myself that we may face many trials, but like the Apostle John, we share not just in the suffering, but we share in the kingdom. Christ reigns even today as we await his return. Oh Lord, my God, When I in awesome wonder Consider all the worlds Thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder 
thy power throughout the universe displayed then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art when through the woods and forest glades i wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees when i look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art and when i think that god his son not sparing sent him to die i scarce can take it in that on a cross my burdens gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art and when christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then i shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my god how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art how great thou art how great
Every time I hear it, I'm reminded how much I love to sing How Great Thou Art. Chris Rice with a sweet rendition here on Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and a program called Come Quickly, Lord. Would you like to be encouraged that the return of your Savior is soon? I know many are speculating that it might even be this year. The Bible says only the Lord knows, but it also tells us that you will be blessed when you read the book of Revelation. And that's why I want to send you a copy of the two-CD set, The Revelation Production, with Karen Heimbuck. Just a few minutes ago, you heard a sample from this production, and I know you'll be blessed to hear God's Word as it comes alive in your mind's eye. Why don't you call us right now? Make your minimum gift to this listener-supported ministry. The CD was expensive to make, so it costs us more to send to you, so pray about how generous you can be. But call us right now at 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or go online right now and listen to more excerpts from the Revelation. Our web address is haventoday.org. H-A-V-E-N-T-O-D-A-Y, haventoday.org. And while you're there, check out the behind-the-scenes video we have on this major production. One last thing, don't forget to ask about the book called Spurgeon's Sorrows, Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression. Even that prince of preachers struggled with depression, and this helpful book will show you how he found hope in Christ alone. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again, together, we'll share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel said these words quietly a few moments before meeting Jesus. And when he did, Jesus caught Nathaniel off guard saying, Here is an Israelite in whom there is nothing false. Nathanael was shocked. Apparently, Jesus knew what he had just said in private. But instead of taking offense, Jesus had greeted him warmly. How could Jesus know so much about him? It was in that moment, Jesus' future disciple discovered nothing is hidden from Jesus. He knows who you are, what you say in secret, and amazingly, he still wants a relationship with you. You can get Anchor Devotional delivered in print monthly at getanchor.com.